0: what's up everyone and welcome into episode number 58 where we will talk about michigan state football we'll talk about michigan football we'll talk about college basketball as well there's a lot of very exciting action going on this week you have michigan state playing villanova tomorrow you have michigan playing arizona state You have Michigan State playing Indiana at home on senior night, and then you also have Michigan playing at home against a ranked Illinois on Saturday as well. You also have the Lions winning two straight games, having a chance to win three games on Sunday against the New York Giants. So there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. So the first thing I really want to talk about is because we're getting towards the end of the season you have Michigan who is 10-0 for the first time in quite a while you have Michigan State who is and 5-5 fighting for a bowl bid lots going on you have a very good Michigan team playing an Illinois team that had an incredible season so far besides Losing to Michigan State at home, which was definitely a surprise. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming, and that's for a few reasons. Number one, you have a very good defense in Illinois. Illinois has been one of the best defenses in the country. They have shut down basically every opponent they have played. Now, with that being said, Illinois hasn't played really a high power type offense, and They kind of came back and bit them a little bit against Michigan State. Now, I'm not saying Michigan State is a high-powered offense, which they're not, but you could see when Michigan State started to get the run game going, it started to open up the pass, and that defense just wasn't as good as it has been throughout the season, which I think bodes really well for Michigan here, because Michigan, and I've said this multiple times, Michigan has one of the best, if not the best, running back and running game in the country. You have Blake Corum, who is definitely in the Heisman conversation right now. If he has a big week this week and has a big week next week and they win the Ohio State game next week, he's definitely going to be very much in the running. Maybe some people might say he would be the favorite in that case, but when you have a running back as Blake Corum and then you have an offensive line as good as they are, again, they're in the top like six, offensive line groups, there's an offensive line award that goes out every year and honestly I think Michigan could very much win it again, they won it last year I think they can win it this year this Michigan team just drives the ball down the field over and over and over and they wear you down, like in the first half Michigan typically doesn't play a whole lot of good football, like not saying they're bad, but they kind of struggle the first half and then the second half, I think I heard something. They've been outscoring the other team. It was like 100 and something to maybe like 13 in the second half throughout the season. Michigan is definitely a second half team. And I think that has a lot to do with two reasons. One is, like I said, Michigan is a team that will completely wear you down You'll be able to sap them in the first half, but they'll just keep coming at you. Blake quorum will find his holes. That offensive line will continue to push the defensive line back. It will push the defensive line into the linebackers. And once that happens, it's kind of game over for the other team. And they've continued to do this throughout the season. And I think it has a lot to do with the coaching. I think the coaching has been very good for Michigan. I think they're much better offensive staff than they were last year. I think that has a lot to do with Josh Gaddis not being there. I don't think he was in a very good offensive coordinator for Michigan, to be fully honest, and I think that's kind of showing at Miami right now. If you look at what he's doing at Miami, he's not having a good offensive year, and I think that has a lot to do with Josh Gaddis. I think their two co-offensive coordinators are a lot better. I think they kind of understand Michigan football, and I think that goes with running the ball with Blake Corham. And when they're not running the ball with Blake Corum, it's a play-action pass for J.J. McCarthy, and more often than that, he completes it. J.J. McCarthy on play-action pass is a extremely dangerous quarterback. He has a very high percentage. He also has the ability to run, which makes it even that much more difficult. Now, there is one thing I think J.J. McCarthy needs to continue to work on, and that is his deep ball. Now, I don't think he's gotten a whole lot of help. I think he's had some decent deep ball throws that the wide receiver should have made the catch, but he needs to continue to improve on that. I still haven't really seen him hit a really great deep ball throw yet. Now, with that being said, he has a very big arm, which I think kind of has affected him. But at the same time, he doesn't have to throw as much as other quarterbacks have. You have a quarterback in C.J. Stroud that throws 40, 50 times a game he gets three four five six touchdown passes a game and you have to kind of get in a rhythm to hit those deep balls over and over and over again and jj mccarthy doesn't have to do that and that's not a bad thing now the only time it would be a bad thing is if michigan can't run the ball and then you are forced to have jj mccarthy win you the game and if that happens We don't know what will happen. I think J.J. McCarthy is talented enough to do that, but we haven't seen a game where J.J. McCarthy had to go out and win the games specifically for Michigan. And that's not his fault because there really hasn't been that many close games. Do I think this Illinois game will be a little closer than the past couple? I do. I think this Illinois team, especially the defense, will give Michigan some sort of fits at least early on. I don't know if they'll be able to last the whole game. No team really has been able to last the whole game. But on the opposite side, you have a Michigan defense that continues to grow in confidence. You have a really good running back in Illinois with Chase Brown. I've said this a couple of times. I think he's probably a top three running back in the Big Ten. I think Blake Corum is better than him, but if Illinois can run the ball, I think that definitely helps them in this scenario. Now it is at Michigan at senior night. Because of that, I think I'm going to take Michigan pretty handily. I would say probably double digits win. I would say it might be a little close in like the third quarter. I think about the fourth quarter they start pulling away a little bit, or at least. Like, not saying they win by, like, 20-something, but, like, right when you're in the side of the fourth quarter, you kind of realize, hey, you know what? They're up 14 or 17. They're up 10, but you kind of know that Illinois doesn't really have a chance. I think it's going to be kind of one of those games. And that's going to really set up next week's matchup, which is against Ohio State, the biggest game of the year for Michigan. And... That will probably be for the Big Ten Championship, depending on if Michigan wins this week against Illinois, which I definitely think they will. But big weekend for Michigan, especially because it's senior night. You always have to honor the seniors. You have to thank them for everything they've done. It's a very successful class for the seniors. They have at least one Big Ten Championship. They could have two. Now, a couple years ago, they did struggle, especially during the COVID season. But I think a lot of teams, like really good teams, kind of struggled during that, so I don't really put that on them very much. But yeah, it's a big night for Michigan. I think Michigan beats Illinois, and I think Michigan goes in to that game undefeated against Ohio State. Now on the other side, you have Michigan State, which is 5-5 five and five, going against an Indiana team that seems like they always give them trouble. And they're fighting for the Spittoon Trophy as well this is Michigan State's best chance to become bowl eligible now this isn't their last game they have another game against Penn State next week but you really don't want to be going into that game needing a win if you're Michigan State just because it's going to be at Penn State it'll probably be snowing it'll be cold that's just not the type of atmosphere you want to go into but we can talk a little bit more about that next week I think Michigan State has a somewhat of a chance next week just because it's Franklin but again we'll talk about that next week but they're playing an Indiana team they have won a couple games in a row Michigan State has the only big difference between the last couple of teams that they have played which is Rutgers, and Illinois, is that Indiana is a pass-first team. The other teams were pretty run-heavy, which I think actually played into Michigan's strength, which is the reason why I think Michigan's State's defense has gotten better. Now, do I think Xavier Henderson coming back has definitely helped? Yes, I absolutely do think it's definitely helped them in the long run. But we'll see what happens on Saturday, especially because going to be a cold game I think the teams are going to have to be able to run the ball pretty well you have a Michigan State team that has been able to run the ball a lot better than they have in the past Jalen Burgers finally starting to get going a little bit Panthorn had a rocky game last week against Rutgers but it was a win and that's all that matters and you have a chance to become bowl eligible it's also your senior night as well so you'll be honoring players like elijah collins and that's one player that i really kind of want to focus on for the next couple of minutes because elijah collins is the epitome of a spartan and the reason why i say that is because he is one of the most loyal spartans we have have seen in recent history and the reason why i say that is because we're getting to a point where if you're not playing a whole lot you can just enter the transport portal go anywhere that wants you and probably will play we have seen multiple players do that multiple times and you have a player like elijah collins but i don't think ever since his freshman year I ever really got a fair shot just because one you are playing against kenneth walker which you're not going to play that but i think going into this year i thought when Jalen Berger and Jerry Broussard were struggling quite a bit, I thought Elijah Collins finally got that shot. And you can really see that his confidence is continuing to grow. And we're seeing that Elijah Collins that we saw his freshman year. And he stuck out. And he even said in an interview that I saw that he doesn't know exactly what he's going to do after this year. He has one more year of eligibility due to COVID. So he could more likely come back if he wants to. I'm not exactly sure what he is going to do. I think he's probably the player most likely to come back if anyone does, because you have players like Jayden Reed that can come back. I would be shocked if he did, especially now that he got um, selected and accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Bryce Barringer is not coming back, which he's one of the best, if not the best, punter in the country. And I think. You really can't argue that he's been amazing so far this year and has really saved Michigan State on multiple different occasions. But Elijah Collins, I hope he has a big day tomorrow. I hope all the seniors have a big day. I think that's the big thing on Senior Day is you really want the seniors that are honored to have big days, to have that lasting game. To have that one moment, you're know, like, wow, I remember that moment. And we've seen a couple of moments from these seniors. Like Jaden Reed, we have seen several moments from him, and that's because he's a star. And this hasn't been a, a season they expected. He was hurt for a little bit of it. Um, seems like he's kind of struggled a little bit with his connection. With Payne Thorne, I think it has a lot to do with him missing some time. And I think Payton Thorne said he's been a little injured. Don't know how much that is, but that has definitely hurt him as well. But we have seen several times where Jaden Reed has had a huge moment. And the one that really comes out to me is that Wisconsin touchdown catch to win the game. Absolutely huge moment, great throw by Peyton Thorne, and they won the game. So I hope that Jaden Reed has a big game on Saturday. I hope all the seniors play extremely well and Michigan State, this is where the wind's going to have to come, and you're playing a tough Indiana team. I don't know why, it kind of always seems to give you issues, especially if they can pass the ball. Hopefully, our secondary continues to step up. I was listening to Lacton Spartans earlier this morning, and he had the host of Lacton Indiana on today, and he was basically saying that if Michigan State has any bit of a pass rush, that they'll get to the quarterback. Now the quarterback is a little bit more mobile than the last one, but he said the offensive line is not very good at all. So if we can get pressure on him, I think it'll be a pretty long day for Indiana, and hopefully Michigan State wins this game. I do have Michigan State winning this game on I at home, so I have both Michigan teams going 2-0. So yeah, that is football. I can't believe football season is almost ending, but hey, you know what? That means it's basketball season, which means we got some exciting things to talk about. And the first thing I really want to talk about is Michigan basketball, because I want to leave the game between Michigan State and Kentucky for the end, because that was probably the most exciting game of the Champions Classic. But Michigan played pitch last night i thought michigan looked extremely good especially in the second half i thought the first half they struggled a little bit the defense wasn't playing very well but that second half what juan howard did the changes that he made were extremely impressive that defense started to really click you could see them communicating you could see players like hunter dickinson starting to play really well jet howard had a great game joey baker had a great game Michigan just played very well last night against not a great Pitt team, you have to admit. They weren't very good, but it was a good second-half performance, especially coming off a performance that they kind of struggled against Eastern Michigan. And while they might not have extremely hard tests coming up, it was a very good performance for Michigan. There was one player... I do want to talk about that I would say I'm a little concerned about if you're a Michigan player, and that is point guard Jalen Llewellyn. I really haven't been too impressed with him, to be completely honest. He has seemed like he has a little bit of turnover issues. He seems like he can't make a whole lot of shots. He doesn't take a lot of shots, but when he does, he doesn't hit them. And it's not just me. It's a lot of Michigan people that seem like they're frustrated, especially because... For a really long time under John Beeline, you had some really good point guards. It seems like the last couple years, Michigan has kind of struggled with the point guard situation. Now, again, Michigan is only three games into the season, so they have a lot that they can improve on. Maybe Jalen Llewellyn becomes that really great player that people thought he could be. Maybe he could start hitting him some shots. Maybe he can average about... 10-5, 12-5, 10-5, and 12-5, that would be a really good average for Michigan, especially because you have a Michigan team that's quite a bit different than last year. And I think last, year, last night kind of demonstrated that. The reason why I think last night kind of demonstrated that was because you have a team that can actually spread the floor now. You have a team and some players like Joey Baker, Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin also had a great game. You had some of these players that can actually hit the three this year, which will make it a lot easier on Hunter Dickinson. And because of that, he's not going to be taking as many threes as he did last year. Hunter Dickinson last year, his three ball was pretty decent. Like It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was enough where he was a threat where you had to respect him. But because you have players like Jack, Howard, Kobe Bufkin, Joey Baker off the bench who went five for six from three last night. You have these players that can finally make some shots on the outside, which if they can do that, if they can play good defense, I think this Michigan team will be better than they were last year, at least record-wise. We'll see what goes on when they play teams like Kentucky, which they play later on This season, but they play Arizona State tonight, which former Michigan point guard Frankie Collins actually plays for Arizona State. So it'll be an interesting matchup. It'll be a fun matchup. I think Michigan wins tonight as well. And I think Michigan wins their small little tournament that they put on. So yeah, we'll see how Michigan plays tonight. I'll talk about that game either on Sunday or Monday of next week. We'll review what happened. Same thing that we kind of do here, but before we end the podcast, which we will probably end soon, I do want to talk about probably the biggest game this past week, and that was Michigan State against Kentucky. Kentucky was the number four team in the country headed into this game. You have Ashker Shibwe finally playing Again, the national player of the year last year. I think he'll be very much in the running. If not win again this year, he's that good and that special. And he really demonstrated that in that game. He absolutely dominated for a majority of the part when he was in the game. Now, with that being said, I thought Matty Sissoko did a very good job. I think Matty Sissoko so far has been the biggest improvement on this team. I think... Tom Izzo has done a very good job with him. Madison Soko, for about eight to ten minutes, played with four fouls. He played throughout the whole first overtime and second overtime without fouling. And he played a decent chunk in the second half without fouling. And I think that in itself is most impressive. But another thing that's really impressive is Madison Soko and Michigan State out-rebounded Kentucky. If you told a lot of Michigan State fans going into that game that Michigan State would out-rebound Kentucky, especially with a player like Ashka Shibway, I don't think a lot of people would have believed you, but they out-rebounded a very, very good Kentucky team. One player I really want to give praise, especially because I was super hard on him last week, is Joey Hauser. I thought Joey Hauser played really bad in that Gonzaga game. I thought he wasn't very good at all, that he probably shouldn't have played as much as he did. But with that being said, I thought Joey Hauser had probably the best and biggest game of his career at Michigan State against Kentucky. And the reason why I say that, and some people might argue with me just because of that Davidson game, Yes, that Davidson game was huge and he won that game single handedly, made MSU go to the second round of the tournament. But there was also kind of a mismatch with him, especially athletically. He had a guy that he could beat athletically. He could pound down low. He could hit his open shots. He had a very good matchup. And I think that wasn't really the case. Um this week against Kentucky. The reason why is because Kentucky has so many athletes and so much length that going into this game, I don't think a lot of people really expected Joey Hauser to have the game that he did, and he led Michigan State in scoring. He had 24 points. Joey Hauser was hitting shot after shot after shot, and when Michigan State needed a bucket, it was Joey Buckets that got the bucket for Michigan State. Like, he was hitting everything. He was hitting threes. He was hitting mid-range jumpers, long-range jumpers. He was making plays. He was catching and shooting. And I think that's exactly what Joey Hauser has to do. I think Joey Hauser has to be the player that moves. He's very good at moving. But when he's open, he has to take the ball and shoot it. He's not extremely athletic. He has certain limitations on athleticism. But if he can... Just get open, shoot where he is, and stay confident. I think this team gets that much better because when Joey Hauser's on, it seems like everything else works really well. Another player that was really hard on was Jackson Kohler. I thought Kohler played well. I thought his defense was pretty solid for a freshman. He didn't really do a whole lot on the offensive end, but I don't think people were really expecting that, especially going up against the Kentucky's big men, but defensively, I thought he played extremely well. He was bumping with Ashka Shibwe. He was getting rebounds. I was really impressed with Jackson and Kohler. Another player I was really impressed with was um, Tyson Walker. When Michigan State needed a play down the stretch, especially in the second overtime, It was Tyson Walker time. He made amazing plays. He had that big alley-oop to Madison Soko to put Michigan State up six, which basically put Michigan State away for Kentucky. He played extremely well. He was very confident and a great response for him. There is one player that I didn't think played extremely well. That needs to play better. A.J. Hogard hasn't played extremely well this year, and that's a little concerning for Michigan State fans. I do think he fixes it, but he has to be better. He has to make better decisions. He's had a lot of turnovers. He has to continue to be aggressive, but can't be too aggressive. He has to use the mismatch and drive in the lane. Now, he's not getting a lot of these foul calls that he probably should be, but he has to make the smart play, and he has to get more involved for this team to go as far as I think this team could go if you have a really good Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogart. Now, the last thing I really want to talk about before this episode ends is time and the play calls that they had to send it to overtime and to the second overtime. I thought those two plays were probably the best run plays Michigan State has done in a really long time to win. And I think he made a huge adjustment after Gonzaga. I think he realized, hey, you know what, if we get in this situation, we can't mess it up again. And while I don't think it was necessarily on coaching on Gonzaga, I do think they really addressed how to close games, and that really showed. You had a great play to force overtime where Malik Hall snuck by Ashcroft Shieboy got a dunk to tie the game and send it into the first overtime, and then that play to end the first overtime—the full court play where he, where Tyson Walker took out, threw it to A.J. Hogard, A.J. Hogard threw it to Tyson Walker, Tyson Walker drove through it to Malik Hall, and he dunked it. What a play call! What a play design! Amazing job by Coach Izzo and the coaching staff. Really near that, got a huge win. I think if Michigan State would have beat Gonzaga, I think they would have probably be in the top five. But as of right now, I'd probably put them in the top 10, depending on the result against Villanova. Now this Villanova team has struggled that they're going to play on Friday, but still Villanova, so you can't really take them for granted. But yeah, you have a very good win for Michigan State, a very needed win. Against Kentucky, and we have two very good teams in basketball in Michigan, and I think they're going to com- both compete for the Big Ten championship. I think they'll continue to play well. So we got a lot of good things going on in the state of Michigan, and Michigan State and Michigan. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy this episode. Um, definitely watch the Michigan game tonight if you're a Michigan fan. Watch the Michigan State game on Friday against Villanova if you have a few Michigan State game, and then we have two big games on Saturday where Michigan State can get bowl eligible, and then Michigan can go undefeated into Ohio State if they win that game. So yeah, thank you again for tuning in to episode number 58, and we got a lot of fun things this weekend. So enjoy sports, enjoy football. College football is ending soon, so enjoy it. And we got a big, review next week for the Michigan-Ohio State game when it comes time for that. So thank you again for listening, and have a good night.